Welcome to the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Semenko, and I am the host, and I am so thankful that you are tuning in in a new year, a new season of the Parent Stuff Podcast. We look forward to bringing you more conversations with parents in the shreveport Bossier area, talking about parenting, talking about advice and what they've gone through, and we hope that this helps you as a parent to be encouraged to know that you're not alone and maybe learn something along the way. Thanks for listening. If you've not subscribed, make sure you do that so you don't miss a single episode that comes out every week. Going forward, we're planning on bringing more guests that you do not want to miss. And if you would leave us a five-star podcast review that helps other people to be able to find the podcast, makes it more visible. And we just love reading the comments and feedback. If you have any thoughts or anything to do, email me, Evan, E-V-A-N, at thesimplechurch.tv. And today we are bringing you Davin Lazenby, somebody that I've known for a long time, one of my oldest friends, and he talks about being a dad and trying to figure that out. Also, he talks about growing up with an unusual childhood as he got into high school years, ended up being on his own at 16, and what that's taught him as a parent. So tune in and don't miss this great interview with Davin. We appreciate you again listening. All right, welcome to the Parent Stuff Podcast. I am excited to be back in 2021, Davin. We're not off to the best start of the year. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> but we're going to get through it, and you are going to make it better. I hope so. You're our guest today. I'm excited to have you. I am. I've been waiting to be in here. There you go, man. Thanks for coming. Me and Davin go way back. Way back. Way back. And you are a father, and you have got a pretty cool story we're going to share today for the Parent Stuff Podcast. Okay. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. What do you do? Your family. Just let us know Davin Lazenby. Okay. My, yeah, my name's Davin Lazenby. Um, I've been married now. Let me get this right, so in case Erica listens. This is important. Um, about 11 years. I think July is 11 years. We've been 10, so that sounds right. Yep. Um, we've been together 13 years. So we do have a little daughter named Hannah. Hannah Oak. One tree for Justin. <laughs> um, we just, uh, that was a struggle having Hannah here, but um, we'll get into that in a little bit. That's what we're talking about today. Um, I'm a fireman in Benton. Um, that's pretty much it. The tool shop? Oh, well, let's not go in deep into that. No, I do own American Power Tools uh, in Shreveport with uh, fellow Richard East. Um, we do that, too. So every day is a work day, except Sunday. No, and that's a work day, too. And you're building a house right and now. And I'm building a house. So it's um, it's pretty uh, busy. You were painting for how many hours last week? Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like I was painting 40 hours <laughs> and then 40-hour job times two, so... I didn't sleep much. I bet not. That sounds horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it really was. I'll never do it again, so don't ask me to paint. There you go. Scratch that off the list. Absolutely. You're a man of many Absolutely. talents, <laughs> but painting not your favorite. No, sir. I no, sir. Can't blame you. But we are talking about parenting, Davin. We are talking about parent stuff and things oh to help parents. That's right. So you've been a parent. How old is Hannah? Uh, she's going on two now. It's almost yeah. two-year-old. You're in the early phase. I know. It's exciting. It's been Different than everybody said it would be. Um, okay, get into that. In what did people say it was going to be? Way. Yeah. Um, you know, that you know, you're going to lose sleep. Hannah's been a super easy baby um, since she was born. She sleeps through the night. She's had a little regressions here and there, but um, for the most part, she's been an excellent child. So uh, maybe we haven't hit it yet, but I'm waiting for it, but it hasn't happened. There you go. Some parents out there are cussing you right now because <laughs> that's not how their experience. <laughs> well, I don't want to get false hope, but right. mine's been pretty good so far man that's great it's exciting and so one thing that is interesting is y'all have lived with your in-laws for a while y'all sold your house and while you're building this house yep going on almost a year and a half living with the in-laws that's a long until time until december yeah um so that was a struggle with four parents raising one child um that's how it turned out but you know it was a blessing to be there um so i can't fault that sure 
But that's just an interesting scenario. I know. Excited to be in your own space. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. So that's in-laws. But talk about your parents a little bit. And so, again, we go way back. We were friends really mostly into college. High school, we kind of knew each other but didn't really get close. Yeah, I think towards the end of senior year, I started. And I was a freshman in college. Uh Yeah. Um, And I started helping you in uh, middle school ministry. Shout out to Will Guyton was the middle school pastor. We're a big fan of Will. Yeah. Um, So so that's where it all started. And that's been what? 17 that was 2006 so yeah 15 years Ooh, gosh we're old half our life i I know know. um yeah it started out there um with with you with your relationship so i'm thankful for that evan yeah but you had an unusual high school (laughs) and uh, interesting experience we always kind of joke about tell us about your parents and kind of as parent stuff looking back how your senior year went for you oh senior year was towards the better part of the years wouldn't say anything I regret in high school nobody ever goes back so I regret that um hopefully not but um I moved around a lot as a as a child so being making new friends it seemed like every other year you know we were moving from Michigan to Georgia to Louisiana when we got here we moved probably four times so I went to Timmins Elementary then to Donnie Bickham then to Green Acres and so all that change of friends was pretty much what I had to do. I had to make new friends everywhere I went, which, you know, wasn't hard, but... That's who you are. Yeah, that's who I was. But it's interesting if it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, right? Did you become that way because you were moving, or you think you were always that way? I don't know. I really can't answer that. I know that I'm thankful that it could have got me out of my shell, or, you know, I don't know if I was shy when I was... Forced to, yeah. Right. You know, I had to force and learn on my own and adapt and overcome, but um, I don't think... I don't know. That's a that's a question I'd have to really ponder on. There you go. I want you to think about that. I Take will. it home. That's right. I will. <laughs> Process Never that. Never thought about that. <laughs> but when you were a senior, though, something kind of crazy was you were on your own. You were basically. <laughs> I would say before that. So really? my parents have always been entrepreneurs in starting businesses and stuff like that. Well, they had one business down in Alexandria. I want to say it's sophomore year. Oh, was that early? Sophomore or junior. Maybe in between. Um that they had to move to Alexandria. And my thought was, hey, I'm about to move to Alexandria and go to Alexandria High and start over again. And I was, you know, I didn't want to do that as I was getting older, kind of get burnt out. Sure. Um, but it didn't happen. They said, no, you can stay here and go to school here by yourself. As a 16-year-old? As a 16-year-old. So my brother just moved out. Um, I was a sophomore or junior, I can't remember. Um, and my parents would go during the week. Monday through Friday, they live in Alexandria. I would come home, wash my own clothes, um, cook, which was ramen noodles and macaroni and cheese <laughs> and pizza rolls. Um, and then I would get myself up and go to school the next day. I don't, I don't know. I've always, I, I guess you say it was trust. They really trust me. And I went to school. I enjoyed school. So um, staying home, getting in trouble was not my my forte yeah no i didn't i didn't want to get in trouble if we were getting in trouble somebody was getting blamed before i was right and they did have security cameras right they They were watching it they did did have security (laughs) cameras throughout the house um in the living room kitchen to make sure i was home 
Um, but you know, I was a teenager. I covered them up. You know the dead spots. Yeah. Are. Like, what's wrong with camera? I don't know. I don't know, mom. On the fritz. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just so crazy. And you and me have worked at Student Ministry a long time. We know a lot of teenagers. There are very few sixteen-year-olds. I think that could be okay on their own. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I I couldn't trust any. Well, there's a few. There's a few. It's a short there's number. It's a short number, but for the most part, I think a normal sixteen-year-old would have just went wild. Yeah. But you know, for at least a couple months, and then they would have gotten in trouble. But you know, I had to do it. I was used to it, you know, moving, making new friends, starting over. So I knew that it, I had to go to school. I knew that if I didn't, they would catch me eventually. I'm not, I wasn't ignorant. Right. You know, I knew that I would get in trouble and, you know, I'd be punished and I didn't want that. You know, I had a pretty nice vehicle uh, my parents gave me, which I blew that motor up. I got in trouble for that one. <laughs> but, um, you know, they would take that away. How I was going to get to school? Would I have to move to Alexandria? That was my biggest fear. It was hanging over your head, yeah. yeah. That, hey, if you mess up, you're coming down here with us. And I didn't want to do that. Absolutely not. So, luckily I got to stay here and I was a good kid. Finished for the airline high school. Go Vikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as you look back on that now, what is something that you think you learned from that process that your parents kind of instilled in you because i think the tendency is right that a lot of parents are helicopter parents right we're millennials we get the bad rap right of right. trying to be over protective parents and so you really were the other end of that spectrum and now in hindsight do you have something that you think you took away from that i think responsibility yeah having to learn and you know a funny thing my brother always did is he always made me call the pizza guy he never wanted your to older order, brother. My older brother. <laughs> he always wanted me to call. And, hey, will you, will you call and order us pizza? You know, will you do this? I'm like, sure, I'll do it. But I think that was a big thing that I was, I was forced to grow up. Would that be? Yeah. I was no, forced I to grow up and be independent and learn on my own. You know, I had a job too. So as soon as I got out of school, I went to Berkshire's and Halton. So that was my only Buccaneers thing, Halton Buck. Yeah. Um, but I worked there. You know, I was. Moved up there as 17, 16, 17, and I did fairly well, and I just kept going from there. Yeah. I mean, I've known you a long time, and I'll just say to brag on it that you were an incredibly hard worker, and I think a lot of your work ethic started young because oh, yeah. you had to. I had to. Well, I had to have gas money, and, you know, I ate at Taco Bell a lot, so <laughs> I had to have that money. I could. That's I like could. 50 cents. <laughs> well, it was expensive when you were a big boy um, with a – Appetite. Got to feed yourself all oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Plus, we went, you know, got away from high school, went to Taco Bell during school and stuff like that. Had to have money. Sure. So. But, but I think that is something that I can say about you and it's something I'm looking at you guys now as parents and seeing as you're trying to figure it out of. You are definitely less protected, sheltered. My parents kind of went the other way, right? Right. <laughs> as a helicopter <laughs> mom, and we would have to watch the schools after specials to make sure we weren't going to get kidnapped, <laughs> and she was very much protective, and I think there's benefits of that, too, right? No way is perfect, right. but I see in you just an interesting, that story always makes me laugh of, man, I can't imagine, like, let's just pick a random teenager in our head that we've gone through student ministry and trying to throw them in there to survive on their own. I don't think most of them would make it. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely a different time, Yeah, and it was back then. I mean, I say back then. That's, it wasn't that long ago. Well, it's been 14, 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot's changed in 13 years. You see what happened last year. So, um, a lot has changed. And I think um, that it is more of a scary environment, I would say, out there. I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm worried, you know, of my daughter growing up and that kind of stuff. It's just like, what am I going to do? Am I going to let just let her go fail over and over again until she learns or... Am I going to try to direct her path? So right. 
I'm nervous about that as well. So that's interesting because the I think we're all a product of our parents. There's no way to deny right. that, right? Whatever you grew up in your environment, if it's a grandparent, aunt, uncle. And so for me, watching my mom be more protective has made me swing the other way. But right. I have a good balance with Mallory, my wife, that she's very protective and wants to kind of do that. So we kind of push back and forth. There's a good tension. Right. Right. I'm not saying I'm always right. I'm not saying she's always right. But there's a healthy thing there. So do you feel like now you would be more protective of Hannah because your parents were less protective of you? Right. I think I'm kind of correcting, I wouldn't say lonely. I never felt lonely. Hmm. But uh, I think I'm correcting, I don't want, in case she listens to this, sorry, Mom. (laughs) Um, But just kind of give more guidance. Yeah. Rather than, hey, go do this and whatever happens, happens. Not saying they were there. They were very present in my life. And they helped me, like, hey, don't do this. Sure. You know what to do. You know, son, don't do this. So I think I'm kind of going towards, man, I don't want my daughter to do that, or I don't want her to experience that. So, yeah, it's I would say basically the opposite. Yeah. And what about Erica? What was kind of her more experience? Uh, she was more sheltered. Yeah. So she's she's kind of in the middle of the road. She she is very protective at some points. You know, I'm hey, just let her fall. She's all right. Don't run to her because she fell on her knees right and she's a healthy balance of that as well it's complicated to be too protective like her parents were not you know i didn't know a lot about how they raised her but um i think she's kind of like oh let her let her be a little bit free it's crazy how we do become a product of our parents and i think that's we're both kind of in the middle of the road because she was extreme but you know she rebelled on the opposite end, right? Growing up, where I was kind of like, okay, I don't want to cross this border because I know I'll get in trouble. She didn't care, so I think we're back to the middle, trying to raise Hannah in the middle of the road. And that's where a lot of parents, I think, are at. You're probably <laughs> nodding your head with that because it's complicated. It is, and it's not easy. And again, everybody's at different phases of parenting. We're still very early, but for me, like the big milestones, kindergarten now of right. letting Nora go. So there's a story I always remember: Richard Branson, who started Virgin records and is a very big entrepreneur went to space all this crazy stuff he did an interview one time i listened to and his mom at five years old dropped him off in the subway in the middle of london and told him he needs to be able to get home and he talks (laughs) about how that streak of independence is something that has stayed with him his whole life and it's this tension right i mean i'm not gonna go drop nora off in a subway (laughs) but it does encourage me to think okay he survived that he was okay and with working in student ministry and working with kids for a long time, you and me both know that there are kids that, man, my dad famously calls them farm-raised catfish. <laughs> they're raised in <laughs> captivity, they're sheltered, they're protected. And at some point, the goal is to launch independent adult kids that are able to be on their own. Right. But how do you get to that point? And everybody's past different, and you know, nobody does it perfect, but that's very conscious for me of what am I instilling in Nora, especially right. now at five to be independent, to be able to call the pizza guy one day, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> that she's not scared to call and talk to another adult, that she's right. able to go and not be shy and be able to talk, but not push too far, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a constant. It's a battle, it for is. sure. And yeah. we're in the early phases of it, and there's parents that are probably listening that have teenagers or older kids that are maybe looking back, like, man, I wish I'd done that different. And I know you probably get this too, right? Everybody chimes oh, yeah. in and has advice, maybe good or bad. Right. And that's what we're trying to help to give these conversations, these podcasts, to give good advice what we think is nobody's perfect but we're bringing on guests and getting different perspectives to try to help you listener to be able to hear and know and learn from other people right and i do want hannah to learn i want her to learn her own i want her to teach a few things you know basic things and let her advance so with that being a balance of 
Do I let her go too far? Do I let her cry too long? We're struggling with that right now. That's our kind of phase of, do we let her just cry? Everybody says let her cry, but that's our only child. It's like, do we want to, does she feel abandoned? Does she, is she going to remember this when she gets older? Probably not. But in your heart, it's like, gosh, that, it's that's hard. a real cry. Right. You know, we've, we've already distinguished, oh, that's a fake cry. No, that's a real one. Oh, yeah, I feel that one. They learn that quick. Uh-huh. And there, she she plays us. I'm, I'm not going to doubt that. She definitely comes in and knows what she's doing. And I think she's smarter than we give her credit, and she's learning faster than we think. So she's, I wouldn't say manipulating us, but <laughs> she's, uh, she's, it's close. Pretty, she's pretty good at it. It's close. She That's knows so what funny. she wants. And dads and daughters, right? Maddie oh. always picks on me and says I'm way easier on them. I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know if I'd be the same if I had a, a son. Right. It, this She gets to my heart, so it's a little bit tougher. I say, I don't want to spank her. I'm not spanking her. You do it. <laughs> She'll remember that, I promise. That's right. Well, especially your heart for sure, and we love Hannah, and y'all are close now. Your neighbors have been friends a long time, and you guys have had quite a journey getting, though, to being parents. And that's yes. another thing just kind of want to talk to you a little bit about today. So tell us about y'all's kind of journey getting into being parents and how that all happened. Okay. Um, well, it started, we've always wanted children, sure. but we were the type of uh free spirits that wanted to enjoy life and marriage before kids. So, you know, once we were high school sweethearts. And y'all got married young, yeah. We did. And um, I was 20? I think 20, and Erica was July, so she was 20. We are about 20 years old. Um, our thing was, hey, let's, let's be married a while, and then we'll start trying for children. So I would say about 25, we started, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's just not, worry about it and whatever happens happens whatever god blesses with we'll take it so that turned into a year nothing happened two years okay there's probably something wrong three years went by well that didn't really help you know let's go see a specialist so i think like four and five years was trying to figure out what was wrong which was nine years in a marriage ten years right. in a marriage yeah um was it my fault was it her fault you know is it you know is this not what god wants you know and at a point, at you know, five years into trying, I think we were like, well, when God blesses us, we'll do it. And so it was, what was it? It was probably, mm, I can't remember dates. I'm not good. That's fine. Except my anniversary. <laughs> can't forget that one. Um, we had a um, race. It was um, Sarah's Laughter. Um, did a little thing through the IVF thing that w- that we didn't know about, but her sister, Amy, um, was a big part of that. She's like, hey, I want to sign you all up. You know, whatever happens, happens. Because it's know, expensive. Super expensive. It's um, We'll get into that price. We'll get into the all amounts right, drop here in some a minute. sticker shock. Oh, yeah. Um, that's why I keep saying Hannah's a very expensive <laughs> baby. Um, but uh, Amy, Amy really pushed Erica into getting out of her bubble, and I think Sarah's laughter helped a lot. Um, shout out to Sarah. I don't know. Hashtag. Hashtag. We can hashtag it. We'll put it in the um, show notes. Um, but they helped us out a lot. And Amy started this little race. They had a little walk. Uh, fundraiser. Yeah, it was a fundraiser. 5K Baby Steps, thing. I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and she signed us up as it, one of the recipients. So Erica got into it, you know, trying to get teams and buying tickets and raising a bunch of money. And I think we raised a pretty good amount of money. Yeah. Um, and it was a little 5K fun run thing and we actually won the ten thousand dollar grant 
which I never win. How many people were? I mean, there was there was probably dozens of people, right? Oh yeah, there was. I think there was twenty something teams, maybe more than that. Um, when we did it, and there was probably four four thousand people out there. I would say. Yeah. You know, because everybody came to support their group and right. their little team, and and that big grand prize was it was a ten thousand dollar grant to help with IVF. IVF. Um, and I think there was a free IVF front runner, and then this was you know a family starter, um, which we couldn't have done it without it. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars is a lot, even in twenty twenty, <laughs> um, or it was twenty seventeen then. Um, so we got that, and we, you know, like I said, I've never won anything in my life. No, I take that back. I won a toboggan in Michigan at one of the sporting goods stores when I was in third grade. Besides that. Besides <laughs> that, um, we won this grant, and, you know, maybe this is what God wanted, you know, to raise awareness. So Erica yeah. joined, a, like, a Facebook group and support group, and there was a whole other world of, you know, IVF stuff that, we didn't even know that was a thing. Right. And and most people probably don't. No. I mean, if that's not your struggle and it's not something you've right. gone through. So she was very open on, you know, trying and telling her story. And she wrote a pretty good post um, once we won the grant. And a lot of people reached out to her. And she's helping people through. And when she sees it, she comments on, hey, keep going. So that was a big, big relief. Like, hey, let's try this. Because we tried what they call IUIs. Um which is a little, it's basically not as in-depth as IVF um, as far as injecting in the egg. Actually Y'all can't see it, but he's doing hand motions right now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I talk. Um, so it's a little, you know, we tried a few of those, and they're they're not cheap. They're right. $1,800 every time you do it. Um, and then we went into this IVF, hey, let's do it. Now it still costs us another fourteen thousand on top of that, but you know, um, but we've tried and you know we had a couple good eggs and all that good stuff, um, and luckily Hannah was one of them. It's pretty incredible. It is. Um, like I said, it was it was probably twenty four thousand by the time we got done. And and there's probably some women rolling their eyes that men would talk about the price, but it's a real thing. I mean that is really a significant is. amount and of money. I'm gonna get into Erica's part too. Sure. You know, you know, hundreds of shots daily. I mean, not daily, but hundreds of shots. She probably took four or five a day. She had bruises all over. Um, that was a struggle. Is this even worth it? You know. Yeah. So, but it was. It, it actually worked. All that stuff, all those steroids, and um, all that. I don't know what they put in her. Don't get me lying. <laughs> but it worked. Something. And it, you know, it helped the egg do its thing and. Um, here comes a baby. We were, she was pregnant, and it was a shock. It really was. Yeah. You know, because it was our first try. We still have, I guess you'd say, babies out there somewhere. <laughs> I think they're in Dallas in a freezer. <laughs> but um, but that how that's how that happened. And luckily we had family and friends that supported us and helped us get to that goal, um, or we wouldn't have been able to happen. So we thank all of y'all involved in that. There's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. I hope you share this uh, and spread the word and we get more people to help because that is what it's all about. And it's right. community and it's friends. And you guys have been involved with the church a long time. And it's one of those things where people, I think, look at him like, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for a small group. And I can't do all this stuff. But when life inevitably happens and it's difficult, you need a community of people Absolutely. around you. Absolutely. You need your champion. Right. And our life group, our friends that we developed over the years of Simple Church, 
helped us a lot. I mean, we wouldn't have done it without them. So um, being a part of something bigger than what we are was definitely a boost in confidence and, oh, you got this. Oh, you know, if you're down today, come over. I mean, there was there were so many avenues that people helped us out, whether it was money or um, just, you know, giving us advice or sitting down and talking to us or listening. I mean, life groups was a big part of that. And, you know, all of our good friends are in our life group now. Right. And that's, that's not an accident. <laughs> no, that's who we talk to on a daily. And um, we're thankful for that, for sure. That's awesome. That's why we try to do it as a church, and that's what we're here for you because you might be listening to this and think, man, I walked through a really difficult season and I didn't have anybody. Or maybe you're listening and think, man, I couldn't have got through it without those people. Or maybe you're in the middle of it right now and you feel like you're alone. And that's something that I hope this podcast encourages you to take a step to reach out. If it is a life group, if it's finding a Facebook group, if it's getting connected with something, it's a big deal because when those difficult things happen, as you go through parenting, no man's an island, right? You can't do it on your own. You right. can't be on your own. And all of us need other people. But sometimes it's overwhelming to think how to start. Oh, right? yeah. You can't make old new friends. No, you can't. <laughs> but at the same time, the best time to start was 10 years ago. The second best time to start is now. Right. And Absolutely. so I think about the nights that they literally came in. We talked the story before Stephen was on the podcast that they didn't know anybody. They took the chance. They showed up at our life group. And now they're some of our best friends. But Absolutely. that doesn't just happen. And it's easy to quit, to get discouraged, to get your feelings hurt, to not click with one group so you don't ever try another one again. And that would just be an encouragement to anybody because you're in a couple groups. Yeah. You try and different stuff and you get connected with different people and talk about different things. And that's why, again, just shameless plug for the church and being connected, doing that. I hope this encourages you here in this conversation that you would have a Davin in your life, that you've been a great friend to me and Mallory, that we've walked through life with you guys and good and bad and ups and downs and changing jobs and there's been a lot of crazy There's stuff, been a lot. Yeah. but we love you guys, and we're so thankful that you guys are in our life, and they'd be able to do it, and we want that for everybody. Absolutely. And life groups is a great way to do that. Absolutely, and that first step is the scariest. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone is, is the biggest hurdle, I think, in any of it, and once you get in, it's, I wouldn't say get in, once you- Give it a get, try and stick it with it. Give it a try yeah. and stick with it and put a little effort in, it, it changes your life. It really mm-hmm. does. You know, we're not moving anytime soon. You know, we not have, with that house. Not <laughs> with all the paint you've done. <laughs> we have 20 years of friends, you know, in our lives that I'm not starting over again. Yeah. So, and I can't get 20 years of my friends back. Right. So, this is it. This is where I'm. This is where I'm going to be buried. And I'm sure. thankful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get to do it together because everybody dumps on Shreveport, Bossier, right? You might be listening to this and ready to get out, but there are some good things about knowing and having roots and being set in a community. Absolutely. Being a part of the community is a big help too. Absolutely. Well, man, this is great, Davin. The last question we ask everybody as we wrap up on is what is the best piece of parenting advice you've ever gotten? Ooh, best piece. Mm. Negative or? Either one. <laughs> um, best piece of parent advice. I would say... That's tough, Evan. I sent you this ahead of time. <laughs> I don't read, so. Um, let's see. Keep your head up, I think, is a, you get oppressed a lot. Yeah. You know, um, but keeping your head up and, and keep moving, um, it's just a phase. I think that came from Bill Allred. I have to shout out to him. That's a good one. It's just a phase. Right. Um, and enjoy that phase, even though there's there's struggles and you know great times and but keep your head up, 
because it it is tough. I mean, it's a whole it's a whole other world having a child. Um, and I found that out two years ago. Yes, you did. <laughs> and we're all figuring it out together. That's why you're listening Absolutely. to this podcast, trying to be a better parent. We're so thankful for that. Davin, thanks for coming on, man. Well, I, thank you. Can't wait to do the next one. There we go. We'll have to come back again. And thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks to Davin for being the guest today. Did a great job. I hope that encouraged you. And if you are somebody or somebody you know that is struggling with fertility or trying to go through that, we will link in the show notes the fundraiser that was such a blessing to them. And if you have questions or anything else you'd like to get in contact the show, email me, evan at thesimplechurch.tv, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. And I hope to hear from you soon. Happy New Year again, and we'll see you next week. <music>